LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel center ministry every week. Now, this week across my desk, I got this uh, really helpful article. Uh, let me let me just quote it uh, for you. Would it shock you to know that I've been to services this year where the welcome is dull and tedious, the message to children is long and embarrassing, song leaders are out of tune, service leaders are cliched and random, Bible readers are unengaged, and sermons are unrelated to text or life. I'm amazed by the loyalty of the lay people who put up with this. I'm staggered that they might ever bring a friend, but I cannot imagine a visitor ever saying, this was helpful. I must come again. Now, I thought they were the words of Derek Hanna, but they were. That was, that was Simon Manchester. And uh, Simon Manchester, pastor or senior minister at North Sydney uh, Anglican Church. Uh, St. Thomas's North Sydney Anglican Church uh, in Sydney for about 25, 30 years. Uh, he's recently uh, stepped down and retired from, from that role. And so he's had the opportunity to check out and see a whole bunch of churches. And, and that's kind of the kickoff you know, to an article, you know, we must do better. Derek, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard to look. If you look at Simon and I, we do look like peers. Um, we look very similar age, but we're not. He's slightly older than I am. Uh, but yeah, I look, I could have said that. In fact, if I was critiquing when, when I planted, if I was to go in as an observer and critique what I did, I would, I would use Simon's words about it. Um, I just don't think I was thoughtful enough about that gathering moment, even though it was the key place where God's people gathered, often at village, particularly in the early days, where huge amounts of visitors would come and experience that. And uh, there was amazing, amazing sense of community and connection, which is why a lot of people did hang around. But the deliberateness at which the different components fed together um, to nurture people and present the gospel was ill thought through. And that was because of me. So we took the chance to talk to Simon uh, and to, to get his thoughts as a you know, very serious senior minister in this, uh, in this space. You've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing. We must do better. Well, first of all, I want to say that we didn't get it all right. <laughs> and I'm not an expert. And there were probably some times where our services were pretty uh, average, to say the least. But on the whole, I think people knew that if they came, um, you know, the building was helpful to some, uh, the music was helpful. And what we did with our mouths, we tried to make that as helpful as well. Hmm. So I think over my training time, I learned to eliminate cliches, um, boring sentences, if possible, uh, and, and tried to do what would engage people. I mean, Mike Rader has two rules for preaching. Say things that are true, say things that are interesting. Mm. It's very helpful. And I think if you're leading a service and you get up the front, you've suddenly got everybody, you've tapped the microphone, you've asked everybody to tune in, you've now got whatever you want, 30 seconds or 30 minutes to say something. Well, why not say something that is fresh and brief, interesting and helpful? rather than begin to think and then find yourself lost or stuck in your rut. 
service. That's just the beginning of the service. How do you train and equip and give people that conviction uh, and that sense so that, so that they are thinking that way from the music to the preaching to the welcoming, you know, to even thinking about the building space as well? Yeah. Well, two quick comments. Many years ago, when I was an assistant minister down in Wollongong, a layman preached on the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And it just struck me like a ton of bricks that the first line of the Lord's Prayer is that God be honoured. Mm. And it was, it was, in some ways, it was a very simple sermon. But that sentence, may your name be honoured, bore its way into me. And I thought to myself, this just explains everything. The second thing is, we got together to pray before services, and we really would plead with God to help us, because we were perfectly capable of planning and organizing and doing what we thought was good on paper, and then falling on our face. So you can't just strategize this. You've got to have a conviction of what you want. You've got to turn it to prayer and then everything else could follow well. Uh, yeah. Could, could follow. I like your, I like your carefulness with your words there. Yeah. Uh, could, could follow. So it doesn't work. Uh, it's not, or it's not working. Uh, you've got an MC up there who hasn't prepared clearly. I won't call him lazy like you did in your article, but he hasn't prepared well. It comes to the next time he's emceeing, what does it look like for you to pastor him um, outside of that informal, you know, that, that prayer meeting beforehand? What does it look like on the, you know, on the Monday morning or the next time you're meeting up to read the Bible with and have a coffee with him? How, how do you get alongside them to give them that conviction also to train and equip them? Well, I think part of the helpfulness may be that they watch it being done for a while hmm. and they realise the sort of the the tenor of the place, the, um, the mood of the place. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to crush them with um, discouragement, mm. uh, but I might say something like, I'm going to talk to you about just tinkering with the leading of the service, nothing major, just tinkering. Um, get your hands out of your pockets. <laughs> Turn your introduction into 50 words, not 500. Don't say encourage 37 times like you did last <laughs> Sunday morning. Find a new word. Buy a thesaurus. Find a new word. Get rid of encourage. Um, and um, try and say something which will lift our gaze up to the Lord. Hmm. Just remind us that he's bigger than COVID-19, that he runs the cosmos. You know, do something that will just lift our gaze a little bit. Uh, help us to take heart. And then when it comes to the children's message, you know, if it's uh, a long moralizing embarrassment, I will say to the person who's doing it, try to be brief, try to tell us why Jesus is wonderful. And uh, I would ditch the corny puppets. You know, I don't think they worked. You can see my encouragement is warm and winsome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and I can see you've got clarity. You, what you do have, though, it is warm, it is winsome. I can hear you pastoring the person. You've got clarity about what you're trying to, to achieve as well. And so in the article that we'll reference in the show notes, I think, Simon, you've really done a you know, really helpful service in giving some real pointers as to what are you trying to achieve and what are you, what are you seeking in those, um, in those various elements in the service. I, 
I want to, like I, I road tested this with a couple of pastors, this conversation with you. And most of the assistant ministers that I spoke to said, oh, I hate, I hate that Monday morning meeting where we go through the Sunday service. So I'm either, I'm either going to get ber- berated for something that I did wrong or that one of my people that I've been, you know, training or not training um, did wrong. How do you, how do you make that Monday morning sort of service review enjoyable uh, and use and useful to achieve the aims that it's, that it's meant to? You, you know, uh, Scott, I'm ashamed to say that in our staff meetings, we wouldn't give 15 seconds to talking about the service or the sermons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we just not, yeah. we would not be done in a group. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there was something to be said, I would say it to the individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we might say, you know, it was a great word yesterday or it was a great time. But we, were, we wouldn't spend time taking things apart. The other thing that sort of came up again in those discussions was the concept of excellence. And I, I think you mentioned it in, in your article. You definitely mentioned it in the, in the video conversation that you had as well. We, we seem to be often, I think, in church circles, reluctant to use excellence. You know, we're, we're a church family, um, uh, you know, and that's not family language to talk about excellence. Um, you're comfortable talking about having excellence in the service. I don't think I did use the word in the article. I may be wrong, but I don't think I did. Mm. And uh, I'm conscious that it has been a word that's been used in a lot of sort of business circles. Mm. And I think I've tended to avoid it. But I would say that the standards need to be very high Mm. in what we do. Um, You know, if the musicians are showing off, I would probably talk to the guy in charge of music and say, could you have a little word to the musicians and just remind them all that they're serving, they're not starring, we're meant to be not distracting people. Um, The person who takes the prayers, if they do it off the cuff, I would say to them afterwards, I think it's much better if you have some brief notes. Uh, Next time when you do it, have some brief notes. So I'll sort of do these things privately. Mm -hmm. The other thing, Scott, which I think is so interesting is that we've always tried to have a human element in our service, whether it's asking people to get up the front and speak about an opportunity they've had Mm. to share the gospel. But everybody in St. Thomas's would know that you have a maximum of 30 seconds (laughs) That your aim, that otherwise you'll go down a trapdoor. I will push a button and you will disappear down a trapdoor. Yep. And perhaps we won't see you for months. <laughs> um, so you have 30 seconds. It's meant to be edifying. We're not asking you to depress us or show off. And I will say that. Um, same with times of prayer. Open prayer, I will say, please step up if you've been coming to the church for at least a year. And please lead us in prayer in a way which will be either thankful or petition and helpful. You've got 30 seconds. Yeah, you, made the, you make the phrase, make us glad that we had you lead um, or yeah. pray. You know, that, make us glad. Yeah. So these are, I'm just telling you quirky little things which are kind of sort of separate from the big picture. Mm. But these are the things which I think when we work on them, people who sit especially in a long building like St. Thomas's where you could be 50, 60 metres away from the people, um, you're still engaged because of the speed of what's being said or the carefulness of what's being said. So if I interview somebody in that human time, I will say to the person beforehand, Scott, I'm going to interview you. I'm going to ask you lots of fast questions for lots of fast answers. 
Where did you grow up? Suburb. What did you do before you went to more college? Bang, you know, and it's bang, 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 like, like that. And if you start to go on too long, I'll just say, you remember you just had a few seconds. And everybody <laughs> will laugh, but they stay with it. Whereas if I say to you, tell us how you became a Christian, 15 minutes into a tedious story, <laughs> people, are, people are dying in their pews. <laughs> Yeah, wakey, wakey. Which is helpful. What you've done is you've set a culture that you've set a culture, but also you've coached the person before they've got up. There's there's been preparation, and you've told them, "Here's what I want to achieve. I want I want people to be edified. I want people to go away being encouraged out of this story." So so you've had a plan. Whereas I think again, often most of our elements in our you know in our service are unplanned, are, are off the cuff, as you say, um, and and we don't actually know well why are they actually there? You know, what's the purpose of them? Yeah, um, yeah. There seems to have been a, um, I guess, a movement, you know, a movement away from using the prayer book or a movement away from having that liturgy. Can you, can you speak to that? Yeah, I think we, um, as many people have pointed out, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater by just moving from a very sort of formal dead liturgy to a kind of chaos. Mm. And what we should have done is taken the principles, which I tried to point out in the article, mm. that there is something relational in liturgy. It doesn't have to be tedious. It doesn't have to be predictable, but at least it's got a logic to it. Mm. It's like you and I sitting down for lunch. There ought to be at least some logic to the way we relate. You know, it ought to be me listening, you listening, me listening, you listening. Um, and so that's the danger is that having thrown out our guidebook, our, our prayer book, we didn't really know what to put in its place. And so a lot of things that are being put in its place are quite confusing, not very instructive, not very edifying. Hmm. And they often go to the lowest common denominator, which is the person in the pew. How do I make them happy? How do I make them laugh? How do I make them relax? How do I make them feel like they've had a good time? And all of that comes back to bite us. So what's one thing you'd like to say to the Australian church uh, in 2020? I would love to see the Australian church uh, grasp and set forth the greatness and the goodness of Christ that made everything else look small. Hmm. Uh, so let's just open up the toolbox, uh, Derek. So we'll provide a link in the show notes to Simon's article. I've also put a short video as well so you can uh, see... Simon, you know, reflecting more and answering a couple of questions that he got from a few people as well. Now, Derek, what, what, what was your sort of go-to resource for preparing services? Did you sort of pull out a prayer book? Have you got a, you know, an old tattered sort of service sheet outline that had kind of all your go-to Bible verses and go-to, uh, you know, places as you, as you planned out a, a service? Well, at Village, there we certainly didn't do a prayer book. Although I love the prayer book, to be honest. I grew up on that stuff. Bring back the 1668. That's, I've got a number of shirts that say that on the front. Um, but look, we were pretty casual. It took me about three or four years to realise I need to be more deliberate about this because I'm asking other people to do it. And it was frustrating me, the randomness with which things would happen. So it took me years to come up with a service sheet that would include the things you're describing what the shape of the service would look like, what the tone of people uh, presenting would be, all those kinds of things, passages that would be good to dig into at different points. So there's also there's variance but consistency on that. 
So yeah, we didn't have a, a prayer book at the start, didn't have a prayer book at the end, but we did have a um, a, a service leading sheet by the end. Yeah, so it's almost like a service a service playbook. If you liked what you've heard on The One Thing, we'd appreciate if you take the moment just to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. <laughs>